A number of years ago, I, uh, when I was preaching, I, I think, and I know I will remember this because I said it, but none of you will have remembered it because some of you may not have been here and some of you may have been here but forgotten it and some of you may be having a little nod off while I was saying it. Um, but the image on the left, as I look at it, is a famous image from uh, the book of Gulliver's Travel about someone bound, tied down, stuck. On the right is just a random image that may portray to some of you freedom. I wonder which of those two pictures you feel reflects your life most accurately. Do you feel that life essentially is, there are all these constraints on your life that making your life as difficult as possible that stop you? Or do you feel, do you experience, are you living free? That's one of the challenges. Now, what I'd like to do, can anybody, this morning, just to help each other, we're a church. I live in the real world. There are lots of things that challenge you. What do you think are the main things in your life? Sorry, I need to stand still for those who are live streaming. Sorry, sorry. Um, is, um, what do you think are the main constraints to you living free? What are those things that are tying us down? Actually, I wonder whether we could share some of the things that are preventing you living the life that you think God's called you to. What are those things that are holding you back or holding you down? Actually, I wouldn't mind if you feel able to, to if you've prepared to share something, to put your hand up, and then say it, I will try and repeat it if I hear it, to share what are those things that are preventing us living the life God's called us to. Anybody prepared to share anything? It could be anything. This is not a kind of test. It's just an opportunity to help each other, to say, these are the things that I'm struggling with that prevent me living the life God's called me to. Yeah. Not trusting in God as much as I should. Thank you, Liz. Yeah. Faye? Timidity. Timidity and a lack of courage. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Other people's expectations. I will try and stand central, sorry. I need to be behave myself. Um, other people's expectations. Um, other people prepared to share? Hurt. Hurt that we've experienced in life? Yep. Anybody from the balcony like to contribute something? That'd be great. Say again. Full of fear. Yep. Yep. Okay, great. Fear again and what God has done to freedom. Yep. Anything else? It doesn't have to sound too spiritual. It can be anything practical. What stops you? Is that it? I'm, I can throw a few things in in my own life. People like to volunteer a few other things? Yep. Say without you, could you just take your mask off for a second? 
illness, illness, navigating all the ill health issues. Yeah, it's a real challenge, isn't it? Thank you. Someone else up in the balcony has a hand up? Past failures, things have gone wrong in the past. They dog us. They sometimes prevent us living in the light of the present. Yep. Tiredness. Yeah. We're all busy people. Sometimes we take on too much. Sometimes stuff happens and we find ourselves struggling to live because of that. Yep. That's really practical. That's great. Anything else? Okay. Well, we're going to be thinking uh, a little bit more about uh, freedom through. And actually, in the shared. Uh, words, I'm sure there's lots of other things you can add to it. We realize there are many things in the world and for Britain at the minute that prevent us living free. There are challenges each one of us face. But we get the opportunities we come to worship is to lay those things afresh before God. To ask God for renewing his strength and that's what we're going to do this morning too. So Amanda's going to come and lead us in our prayers. Let us pray together. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Praise the Lord, all my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Heavenly Father, Thank you that we are gathering together as we are emerging or trying to emerge out of lockdown. Help us to draw closer to you and to each other. We remember those still spending time at home. We pray that through all the isolation and difficulties, the pain and suffering, we can be healed by you, our dearest Lord. That as we draw close to you, you will draw close to us with your healing presence, power, and love, and that we can receive your comfort and peace. Let us focus on our collective strengths as a church family, loving and forgiving each other, that we can reach out with your love and ask that you bless our welcome celebration, either on July the 10th or in your perfect timing with unity and joy. We pray for Tim, Joe, Fran, Janet, James and Yen to protect and strengthen them with wisdom and joy, to thank you for them and for their devotion to you and to us. Please give our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, and Chief Medical Officer, Chris Whitty, wisdom and strength in the decisions regarding the lifting of restrictions. 
that the right decisions will be made. Please help strengthen the NHS and continue to bless the vaccination rollouts with efficiency and safety. We banish the COVID variants in the name of Jesus Christ. And we ask that the vaccinations will help protect us from all possible mutations of variants. We pray for India, that vaccines will be made available and for social distancing, that there will be a breakthrough in India and throughout the world. We pray for integrity and wisdom in the present G7 summit and ask for unity and progress in the discussions concerning economy and security, climate change and gender equality. We pray for St Andrew's School in Bath and all schools, for the police, emergency services, fire brigade and ambulances, to take authority over the rising crimes of the recent surge in theft of pet dogs and garden furniture. We pray for especially for our neighbours in Walcott Street as they continue to run their businesses in these challenging times. Lord, please provide for the feeding of the vulnerable through Genesis Trust, for generosity and encouragement. We lift up the PCC for clarity and clear vision in all the upcoming outreach and decisions. We pray for our mission partners overseas and for ourselves that we may have boldness and sensitivity in our conversations with friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors. In a moment of silence, we lift to you, Lord, someone dear to us who needs to know your healing love and place them into the palm of your hand and we ask for mercy and grace. Lord of healing, Lord of my darkest place, let in your light. Lord of my greatest fear, let in your peace. Lord of my most bitter shame, let in your word of grace. Lord of my oldest grudge, let in your forgiveness. Lord of my deepest anger, let it out safely. Lord of my loneliest moment, let in your presence. Lord of my truest self, my all, let in your wholeness. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, peace and joy. In Jesus' name, amen.
since um, World War II particularly, um, there's been virtually a battle cry wherever you go across the world, where virtually every progressive group around the world essentially says this, that in the 50s, that they long for freedom. Do you know, in the 1950s and the 60s, post-Second World War, it was under the banner of freedom that countries, particularly in Africa and Asia, liberated themselves from colonial, often British, rule. One by one, people from around the world said no to oppressive, as they saw it, powers, and said yes to national self-determination and liberation from oppressive peoples, oppressive powers. Freedom was also the driving force behind the civil rights movement that many of you will know about, but particularly in the 60s. This is what one person, one of the kind of main proponents, um, Martin Luther King said, we will have none, we will no longer have our futures determined by the color of our skin or where we happen to have been born. Freedom was so much at the heart of the civil rights movement that Luther King had engraved on his gravestone this famous saying, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. Biblical and thoughtful Christians have found them saying yes to some of these movements of freedom around the world. There are so many of them, I can't talk about all of them this morning, including other things as well. Because at the heart of some of these freedom movements, they've expressed God's heart for justice and God's heart to see people set free. But at the same time, biblical Christians have also said no to some of these movements. Because what we've seen, some of people have seen in some of these movements, is that at the heart of some of these movements isn't just heart freedom. They actually end up being self-destructive to the human condition. They actually end enslaving people more than they do liberating them. They actually end up increasing bondage and slavery. So this morning we're looking at the topic of freedom. And we're going to briefly look, if you'll do me a slight uh, luxury this morning, I'm just going to look at one verse in the book of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. But I'm also going to commit to you that we're going to go through the book of Galatians in the autumn. So you'll get a chance to go through the whole of it systematically. But I'm just going to look at one verse this morning. Galatians 5, 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Those who know your Bibles will know that freedom is a theme throughout both the Old Testament and the New Testament. One commentator commenting on the book of Galatians uh, put it this way. He said, if you want to understand what salvation means, what God, when it talks about the fact that Jesus saves, you could very easily replace this with that Jesus sets us free. We looked uh, last year in the Old Testament at the picture of God setting his people free through the book of Exodus. God came to his enslaved people people who were in bondage in Egypt, and he set 
them free. In the New Testament, as part of this series, Nicola a few weeks ago picked the passage from Isaiah 61 that we also find Jesus saying in Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. What does Jesus quote? The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is announcing that true freedom, true freedom is coming through him, by him and through him. Some of you uh, may have heard a very well-known, he died a few years ago now, but F.F. Bruce was a particularly well-known biblical scholar. And he wrote a wonderful book on the life of Paul in the New Testament. Paul's written a good chunk of the New Testament letters that we find ourselves reading. And he chose this title for his book, Paul, Apostle of the Heart Set Free. Paul, the Apostle of the Heart Set set free. And this is what Bruce wrote about Paul and his letters. Paul's preeminent contribution to the world was his presentation of the good news of free grace. Free in the sense that it is sovereign and unfettered. Free in the sense that it is held forth to both men and women for their acceptance by faith alone. And free in the sense it is a source and principle of their liberation from all kinds of bondage and of moral, and bondage of legalism and bondage of moral anarchy. In other words, Paul preached free grace. We receive salvation freely. We don't earn it. And that salvation releases us from every kind of, of slavery. Salvation brings freedom. And the Bible paints a picture of humanity that is not free without God. We're not born free. We're bound to guilt before God because of all the wrong things we've done and, and around us, to accusation from the enemy. And so many of us spend our lives trying to conform to the world that we live in. We become enslaved to habitual, repeated compulsions that destroy our lives. They don't just destroy our own lives, they actually destroy the lives of people around us too. So according to the New Testament, human beings are enslaved spiritually, socially, psychologically, and emotionally. And the reason Jesus came into the world was to set us free, to set us free, to set us free, to release us. And this is good news. This, I'd like to suggest to you this morning, is good news. So what did Jesus set us free from? I'd just like, as a way of thinking about that this morning, to say that Jesus came to set us free from two days of the week that are destroying each one of our lives. Jesus came to set us free from two days of the week that are destroying each one of our lives. Jesus said, I want to come and liberate you from yesterday. 
and I want to liberate you from tomorrow. I want to liberate you from yesterday, and I want to liberate you from tomorrow. And because of Jesus' full and finished work on the cross, you, can, you and I can be set free from yesterday, from all those mistakes we've made, from all the ways we've blown it again and again, from all the bad attitudes that we find ourselves having with people who really irritate us, whether we show it or we don't from the things we failed to do, from all our faults and omissions. All of our yesterdays can be brought to the cross of Christ. All of our yesterdays can be brought to the cross of Christ. We don't have to become bitter. We don't have to become weighed down. We don't have to be bound by the past. You can be forgiven, cleansed, set free. God says, I will liberate you from your yesterdays. Jesus also said, I will liberate you from your tomorrows. In Matthew 6, verse 34, Jesus said, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. You know, I know in these days there are very real things that all of us consume our lives being anxious about, about what the future looks like. But we don't need to live in dread about tomorrow. You, know, you don't need to spend your life thinking about whether you'll be able to handle tomorrow's problems. My health, my work, my neighbors, my family, my past, whatever it is. Jesus says, I'm setting you free to live for today. To live for today and in today. Trust me to give you tomorrow's manner, tomorrow. Today, today live near me. Today, live near me. Today, live with me. Today you can choose to forgive. Today you can put your trust in Christ. Today you can choose to bless your family. Today, just for day, you can choose to resist the temptation that's dogging your life. Today, choose Christ. Paul says in Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Obviously, the great alternative to freedom in Christ is self-help. Turning to a set of rules, whether we generate them or we try and follow them that somebody else has generated, or religious practices that we think will lead us to freedom. Do you know, if just you do this, then it will all be fine. They promise freedom, but they leave us enslaved even more. And the letter to the Galatians is Paul's warning to the Galatians and to us. The great alternative to looking to Christ, to setting us free, is looking to the law. Rule keeping to set us free. And of course, there's a seductiveness and attractiveness to wanting to just keep the law. Why? Because it seems safer and simpler. 
for wine. But I think although it's attractive, many of us are afraid of the freedom Christ came to bring us. We're not sure whether we can trust God enough with our lives. Will his freedom be enough to stop us self-destructing or wasting our lives? Will his gift to freedom be sufficient? I read a story uh, a number of years ago about some animal rights activists who liberated a whale from its huge tank in one of these aquariums in the States. And they set the whale free so it could swim into the ocean. And what happened next was sad but also remarkable. The the whale swam out, out into the ocean for a little while. But then it decided that actually the aquarium was a pretty good place to live after all. I guess being fed fish each day, not having to fight for the food you eat, and living in captivity was slightly safer than the dangers of living in the wild uh, world. And I wonder whether you identify with that this morning. We see it was like the children of Israel when we went through Exodus 2. They're set free by God from slavery but they really don't like fending for themselves in the wilderness. They know they have to gather food for themselves. They have to face the Canaanites in the promised land. And the Israelites begin to say, do you know what? Do you know, I think we're much better off being slaves. Religion is a lot easier in some ways than having your heart transformed. Paul says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. What Paul is getting at is that the goal is so much more than conformity to a moral set of principles. Paul is the apostle of the heart set free. The goal is a transformation of our hearts. To set our hearts free from the bondage to our, as one commentator puts it, our puny little selves free from the sin of our self-absorption, our self-centeredness, our self-pity, our self-indulgence, our self-gratification. Christ liberates our hearts so that we're free to become the people God intended us to be and longs for us to be, to fulfill his purposes on the earth. You know, I think there are times when I read the press and see the kind of things out in the secular world that there's a real longing in our world for actually for righteousness. You know, we long to be treated well. We long for the world to be free from, I don't know, sexism, racism, abuse of power. But it's always someone else's sin. And the answer is always more legalism. Restructure everything on the outside and things will be fine. But it will never be enough. It will never be be enough. We need our hearts set free. We need our hearts set free. And it starts with us. How? We need to come face to face with the cross of Jesus Christ. Why? Because on the cross we witness the breaking of the body of the Son of God for someone like you and me. 
the perfect Son of God would give his life for you and me, a perfect life laid down so that we could find the power to live a righteous life for him, a life that we can't do on our own and we're never intended to do on our own. Do you know the problem of changing the human heart is not going to be solved by just constantly telling people to try harder. Just try harder. Pull your bootstraps up, lad, and try harder. We can't do it. We can't make our way to God. Christianity, the good news of Christianity, is it transforms us from the inside out. It's not a new set of rules. Do this, do that, and you'll be changed and everything will be fine. It's to have a heart liberated, a life liberated. That means that we'll long to please God and follow his ways. Do you know, and we need a power. We need God's power to, to put out, to expel the darkness of our hearts, to expel pride, to expel lust, to expel vengeance and greed, self-pity, the racism or sexism or whatever else it is, ism that takes root in our lives. And where is the power to see that heart changed? It's in the person of Jesus and the power of his living spirit. Jesus has come to set us free. Will you receive him today? Let's pray. I'd like you to take a moment of quiet, um, possibly just close your eyes if that helps. And just before we respond uh, in worship, I'd just like to be still. Do you know, and actually if you're sat here this morning, you know, thinking, actually in the two pictures that I put up earlier on in the service, Tim, I identify with the man who's bound and powerless. But I'd like to move towards a heart set free. I'd love to pray for us this morning if that is you. And actually, if you know this morning that you long for God's freedom, but it seems elusive, or you've got something in your life that you long to be free from, I'm going to ask us all, if you'd all keep your eyes closed, please. If there is somebody um, who that is this morning, I'm just going to encourage you, sometimes it's helpful not rather than just to make a mental ascent in our heads that we need to do something, just to do something physical. So while eyes are closed, if you're someone who longs for some of that freedom, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand while I pray for you. Why people keep their eyes closed, thank you. Thank you. Is anybody else who wants to still do that? There's time to do something. Liberating God, would you come again upon us? Thank you for your heart, for those who are responding this morning. Thank you for what you're doing in their lives. Holy Spirit, would you come afresh? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Unshackle, break free, bring freedom again.
we lift them before you and pray, Lord, that you would break off the circumstances that would keep them bound at the minute. Unshackle their hearts, their minds, the patterns in their lives that need to be remade and reformed. And Father, would you release joy too? Pray particularly for those this morning who put their hand up. Would you release joy again? Would you restore joy to them? And Father God, I want to say on behalf of the church, I'm raising my hand on behalf of the whole church. I want us to be a church who know your freedom. Not just for one or two people, but for us as a whole body. Lord, long to have what you have for us. Thank you that you're compassionate. You come to us in gentleness and care. Thank you for your restorer's touch. Thank you for your presence amongst us. Thank you for your goodness to us.